0: Hey friend, welcome to episode 102 of Tommy G Talks So look, we are faced with a challenge right now, aren't we? The coronavirus is very much here and very much disturbing everyday life as we know it And a lot of people are concerned, a lot of people are scared And there are also so many pieces of information flying around that aren't helpful To our state of mental well-being and emotional balance and so I want to be able to help, um, which is why I've pulled in a favor today. This person that I've got here as a guest on my podcast is actually living in Shanghai, China, right now. He was in isolation for 14 days, and he's very much, I guess, in the epicenter of this coronavirus outbreak. And he's been talking a hell of a lot of sense lately on his social media, and he's someone that I've known for 12 years he was actually my boss once the only boss that I've ever had in fact and uh, pretty pretty much and um, I jumped on with him real last minute to have this chat on the podcast and I, I truly believe that this will be one of the most helpful and positive and thought-provoking um, th- podcasts piece of content things whatever you want to call it that you will listen to in amongst the noise around this coronavirus situation so Um, I do honestly hope this serves you And it helps you That's my whole purpose of putting this together And having a chat with Matt Thraxton today So here is the episode Where I speak to Matt Thraxton about the coronavirus And all things related to that And I really hope that it helps Please do let me know Um, Send me an Instagram message or a tweet I'm at Tommy Gentleman You know where to find me And I I sincerely hope that you're keeping safe Um, And that you're doing everything you can. So, tough times, but we're gonna get through this because the human race is awesome. And as long as we tune our energy and our focus into the right things, we're gonna be okay. All right. All right, here it is. Enjoy. Welcome to Tommy G Talks. you are officially my um my my expert on this field of uh the current coronavirus situation because you are of course in china um you've you've had yeah you're in the epicenter you've um you've seen and you, you know you you've seen things that that us over here in the uk haven't and may or may not see um you've been in the period of isolation which i believe to be 14 days quote me if i'm wrong yeah you're right Yep, and um and, and you know what like we could be doing this podcast on so many things and we are going to touch base on a couple of things that you know we would talk about if this wasn't going on yep. but the fact of the matter is that it is and you and i have one thing in common and the one thing that we have in common is that we are doing our best to share things that airs on the side of solution, not the Mm. side of problem. Um, Mm. But really doing that in a considerate considerate way. I'm sure that there are many times that you've gone to post something, because I know I have, and you haven't pressed that button because you've thought, actually, that's not going to help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I can see that because, you know, not only do I I know you well, you you and I have known each other for a long time, but, you know, your latest couple of posts have really resonated with me and and pretty much like my whole family have been like oh i saw i saw what matt posted the other day and so i know that we've we've just jumped into this and that was always my idea with this podcast is we haven't done any intro we're we're recording it now yeah (laughs) yeah man brutal we we, yeah (laughs) it's always the best way it's always the best way sleeves are up sleeves are up (laughs) yeah Um,
1: yeah. of course man
0: so so look why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself, what it is that you do, and how we know each other, and then let's just kind of paint the picture of what's been, what life's been like for you in the last month.
1: Yeah, it's quite, it's quite an interesting one, because I guess, you know, I'm, I'm excited to sit here and talk to you, because like you said, me and you go back a long way, you know, to 2008, back at Les Mills New Lynn in Auckland, New Zealand, a couple of, well you're a young buck I was I was kind of still middle-aged ish but a couple of young bucks you know applying their fitness trade in a beautiful country and uh and fast forward to where we are now and obviously both of us have had our fair share of ups and downs and we've moved you know into different career spaces but we've kind of been on a similar path In, in like you said that we're I think we're just trying to help people you know and in, a lot of it's through fitness and and you're doing a lot of great motivational speaking and you know, And obviously, you've got the, the the Jamie G Trust and a whole bunch of stuff that's just incredible value for so many people. And and that's kind of, of, of all I'm trying to do is just help people. And, and the fitness thing just seemed to be one of the big vehicles that both you and I were doing at that time. Um, and, and then now we're in a space where what I'm doing is I'm the training manager of a, of a Les Mills team in China. So essentially, these group fitness products that, that gyms have – uh, there's a team of people that train the instructors and deliver the education and keep the engagement, um, and, and it's sort of like a quality assurance of, of the fitness market in group fitness. Um, and there's some other stuff in terms of business that we do as well. But essentially, my role is is to recruit a training and presenting and assessing team, um, keep those guys engaged and motivated, and they're the ones that train and inspire and educate and entertain the instructor database. So we sort of got about five thousand instructors here in China and they're all in a, you know, maybe twelve hundred clubs. Um, and then all of a sudden all the clubs are closed. You know, so this 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 coronavirus thing happens and uh so it's kind of a strange one that I'm half excited that I get in to speak to you and, and there's heaps, like you say, we could talk about, but then also there is a little bit of a dark undertone that there's a, a serious situation going on and 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 like you said with a couple of my posts is I'm I'm, I'm just trying to frame it so people realize okay there is a serious thing going on we need to listen to the experts you know wash your hands social distancing um don't shake hands with people uh you know no, you're not going to gyms you're not going to cafes you, you, you're trying to be sensible and we are aware that it could be you know a bit of a ca- catastrophic situation but we've also got to make sure we don't don't sort of get caught up in all the social media hype and all the scaremongering and and all this xenophobia and racism and, and this ugly side of selfishness that's, that's innate in humans that they just want to hoard everything they see to make sure their selves are okay and, and they're not caring about other people. So it's, it's, it's nice that I, I've had a few nice messages because I, I don't know why all of a sudden I just sort of had three or four things in close succession that I wanted to say. Um, and, I, and I think for me, it comes off the back of me being unhappy about a few things. So when I'm low, when I'm down, when I've got self-doubt and anxiety, and when I I don't feel I've got value or purpose, when I get scared, my instant reaction is to help someone else. So straight away, I'll try and write something positive. I'll send someone a message. And and I think that's what's happened out of this situation. For me to get a bit of an understanding on what's going on, I'm just trying to reach out to other people. and, And in turn, that kind of sets me in a bit more of a positive mindset. And, and then when you get a little bit of feedback that you are helping people and then they share your posts and, and they say the words resonate and it's, and it's helped lift them a little, you know, it's, it is that ripple effect that you turn are then, oh, okay, yeah, no, I know I feel good again and I'm motivated and, and I don't have the luxury of, of being in a position where I can wallow in self-pity and be miserable because, because people rely on me, you know, so I, so I'm, you know, in this, for want of a better word, a leadership position, which which is something we might talk about later because I think everybody is a leader but I've, I've got this team of people that are that I'm my job is to take care of them you know and as a leader it's not about who I'm in charge of it's about taking care of who's in in, in my charge um, so the China situation was interesting because I, I, I do feel oddly that Shanghai is probably one of the safest places to be right now so we had the peak back in maybe February 16 15 16. So off the back of Chinese New Year, which is right at the end of January, obviously heaps of, of Chinese travel home. So it's sort of a bit like our Western Christmas, you know, I come back to Honiton for Christmas to be in my family. So a lot of the, the Chinese people that are working in Shanghai all travel back to go with their grandparents, their parents, their family. Um, and then the virus started to happen and, uh, you know, the, the numbers started to grow. So then travel was restricted. So the government just said, Don't bother traveling back to where you are for work. Let's leave it another week, which turned into let's leave it a second week. Um, And then people started to travel back. But then when you traveled back, you had the 14-day self-isolation. So looking at the numbers, like where I'm in Shanghai now, we've only got in my little area of Shanghai, which is called Zhuhui, we've got 18 cases and 17 people have been recovered. And we've had no new cases for almost two weeks So, this area is very safe. And and I think the reason I feel safe here is because the China government did lock it down pretty quick. You know, I know there's some media hype about, you know, it coming out of somewhere in China, Wuhan, and then there's stories of people eating bats and and the wet markets and and all this stuff going on. But for me living here, what I saw was that the government didn't panic, they didn't scare everyone straight away and say, you know, oh my God, this is this is a, a pandemic. You know, lock everything down. They waited to make sure they had the facts. They understood the facts, and then when they made a decision on it, it was right. Travels restricted. Clubs, bars, restaurants, cafes, gyms, public places locked down. We have temperature checks everywhere on on your phone. You know, we use this app called WeChat, so they know if you travel away, if you buy things where you're going. But, but people really um, people really comply. You know my my compound where i live there's a security guard on the front door every time we go in and out we've got to sign in do the temperature check you've always got to wear your mask and people just follow the rules and because it was locked down and contained so quick we've kind of ridden out this two three week period um and, and sort of touch wood hopefully now where people are starting to sensibly get back into some sort of normal life you know they are being aware people are washing their hands more they're not shaking hands they're staying a little bit distant People aren't going to the pub after work; they're just going home, you know. Because we want to flatten that curve, we want to keep it low, and, and hopefully, in a couple more weeks, you know, thing, things will start to get better. But the, but the sad thing about what we're seeing now is, is around the world, globally, it's, it's just hitting now, you know. And what we see in Italy and South Korea and, and other Spain and in Europe, you know, those guys are about to hit full throttle, and, and, and it seems like from from. What people I know in those countries are are saying is that, you know, it's not getting locked down as quick as they'd like. And and maybe there was a little bit of, you know, that sort of laissez-faire attitude that, oh you know, it's something that was going on in China. Let's not worry about it. It's fine. You know, it won't happen here. And then all of a sudden you wake up well it's here, you know, and that's when people start to panic. And as you know, panic doesn't doesn't solve anything, does it?
0: No, I I think um, our mental bandwidth and our focus is more precious than ever right now. And I think that's because this is the first time, certainly that I'm aware of, where we have had to forcefully change our habits and our behaviours to protect ourselves um, from an enemy which is not identifiable as a race or a country. I mean, people tried because they point fingers at China originally, but like, this is not an us versus them situation. This is a, this is something that, that we have to do together. And mm. the curious part of that for me, and it's something that you've already touched on is that in order to create order from chaos, mm. you need leaders mm. and every everyone is a leader because someone, everyone's responsible for someone else. Yeah and even two leaders can lead each other you know mm-hmm. fill fill the gaps and cover the blind spots of each other's doubt or distraction and um the way that i'm dealing with it here in terms of my responsible role that i have as a business owner with staff with customers here at the gym with a family you know both ways up and down you know older than me younger than me both both ways yeah. is to take the facts and take the professional advice from two places, one being the World Health Organization and the other being the government here in the UK. And to not assume that everything is going to be told to me to be specifically relevant to my life and that it's going (laughs) to be a case of following instructions completely to the T. But being able to use my own, I think, combination of common sense, respect, um, optimism, uh, to be able to translate from the advice that is from the top there to be able to reflect that on my people. Mm. you know. So for example, today, and I, I, I honestly don't know how long this is going to last for, today's the 17th of March, the gym's open. We've had about seven people come in today. Okay, it's, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. But there's been no official instruction for us to close. Yeah. Some places have closed, and that's because they see it fit to close. We, we haven't because we've done things to measure and monitor attendance, so footfall. Mm. You have to book your gym time now. You have to book it so that we don't oversubscribe at any one time. Yeah, nice. We've spaced out all our equipment so that there's at least a meter in between everyone at all times. We are encouraging people to measure their temperature before they come in and we're telling them to not come in if they've got any symptoms whatsoever. We're also um, making sure that our gym is cleaned with antibacterial spray every two hours and that we basically rotate the area and do deep cleans throughout. So it probably would be um, most people would probably just close but we have a good standard of cleanliness and there's no official instruction. And the main reason is I believe that this is a place of order and that's helpful. Even if someone doesn't come in to know that in their community, there is somewhere and there are some people who bring order into the equation instead of chaos is refreshing. And that's something that you're doing at the moment with your point of view you are in China and you're posting these thoughtful posts that bring a lot of sense to the table and you're providing order amongst the chaos on people's social media feeds. I think at the moment, my opening part of this, what I'm saying now is about bandwidth and focus. Mm. The only time that I've lost my shit in the last 24 hours, bear in mind that I was putting my kids to bed And seeing messages from my staff at the same time saying, what the hell are we going to do? I'm not coming in customers saying I'm not, you know, all this armor. Oh my God, what the hell is going on here? So I put the kids to bed and then I'm straight onto protocol phase two, because I've already thought about what that is. I'm writing it up, right? The only time I lost my shit was when I opened my Facebook (laughs) and I started looking at what people were saying for about three minutes I got completely distracted from my internal dialogue. My rationale disappeared, and all of a sudden I was like, My heart rates up i 'm panicking and really all that 's going on there is a big congested mix of fear uh, agenda, various agenda that could be the media obviously that's a that's a very obvious agenda, but also the individual who doesn't mean to do any harm, but just wants to perhaps subconsciously be the one that brings an opinion to the table.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, it's exactly stuff that, that that I've seen you post about before, which, which, which has really impressed me because you, you've managed to articulate it in a way that kind of really made sense to me. And, and, and I sort of find myself having similar conversations with people I know, but I, I never could quite get it across so well, but it's that whole thing about, Social media is just a tool that we can use, so it's not good or bad. We give it meaning. We give it reason. So if you want to go on there and bitch and moan about your life, you can. And there's some people that will listen, and they will fuel your fire. And negativity loves company, and misery loves company. So you've got this self-fulfilling prophecy of, hey, I hate it when this happens. And then someone goes, yeah, I hate it when that happens too. And that guy's an idiot. Yeah, I think he is. And all of a sudden, you're living in this space where you're validated. Now. You could go on social media and just say, "Hey guys, why don't you just say thank you to someone today?" Go and give it a try. See how it makes you feel. And so, the actual tool that we're using is just an extension of us as humans. And and what I'm hearing when you say that about the only time you lost it is you opened your social media. That what happened then? That's just a classic example of you reacting to what you're seeing, which is your choice. So again, the negativity is always going to be there, and 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 the idiots and the dumb posts and, and may I get as wound up as anyone. And and, mm. and, I, and I, this is part of why I did these few posts recently. Cause I just, I just thought I've had enough. So, you know, it's it, something's got to change here. And, and and if I can implement some change, then great. Or if I can stimulate someone else to be a bit of a catalyst and they've got more influence and they can implement change then great. But this, this negativity we've got at the moment and, and the misery and, and, and the, everyone being down and depressed and, and moaning, it's, it's, and I think, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm rereading this book, Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. And, and, and that, I mean, obviously this is an Auschwitz survivor. So this is at the top level of stoicism, of controlling the controllables, you know, and keeping that positive mindset and focusing on the future and your vision. Um, Nelson Mandela in jail for 27 years, you know, focusing on a better South Africa, a united humankind. And you think that is the top of the tree, and and we've got people pushing over old grannies to get some toilet roll. I mean, yeah. come on, people. Let's... So, yeah, it's quite interesting. Then when you were talking, I thought that's, that's quite unlike you because you wouldn't normally react to that. You'd take it on board and go, okay, I can choose to take that for what it is. And I choose to ignore that because it's crap. But everyone is at a slightly elevated stress level and, and and I've got no idea what it's like to put two kids to bed, you know, and have a wife to feed and then a business to run and worry about all this coronavirus stuff as well. So, you know, there's certainly no judgment coming from me. But I, I do feel that I open up Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and my blood boils. And I just think, what is going on in society? This is ridiculous. Like, do we even want to, to outlive this coronavirus or should we just start the whole planet again and try and make it better this time? But uh it's the choice. What do you do? Well, my choice is I, I try and I try and be a, a bit of a beacon of light for some people. And sometimes I'll use humor, a bit of sarcasm, I'll be cocky and quirky and funny. Sometimes I'll be a little bit serious. It's there's there's no agenda, it is just me and you know me for a long time. So you know exactly what I'm like, and occasionally I might miss the mark or offend someone, or I might, you know, be a little bit down and make a post that isn't quite as positive as I'd like it to be but i'm human and and i think one of the things i've i've taken recently is i've started to watch a lot of uh those the the russell brand clips and 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 um obviously he was you know back in the day he was a bit of a you know a sex addict drug addict rock and roll comedian tv star and everyone knows his story but but where he's at now i don't don't know how he went through this change but he's got some great philosophical conversation and and at the moment some of the stuff he's talking about how society's reacting to this coronavirus situation And us going back to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and understanding what's really important and and not being limited by these social constructs of his example was airlines, like all airlines are stopped. So, all right, we thought we couldn't live without planes before because we had to travel to places, but really, do we? And like the Premier League football, like people are saying, we can't live without football. Yes, you can. It's just a made up game. Like it's important to a lot of people, but if it's your nan that's caught coronavirus and she's in hospital and she's dying because she can't breathe and her, her immune system's already poor, you're not bothered about Everton, Liverpool. You're worried about your family. And that's, you know, so it, it really does put a lot of perspective on where we're at, but yeah, I I, I do have a love-or-hate relationship with social media and, and and the stuff that you posted helped me understand that it's a tool for us to use and there's always going to be idiots on there that do stuff that we might think is, is hurtful and hateful and harmful. Um,
0: do we drag ourselves into that, or do we rise above it? There's the choice. There's a choice, isn't it? And there's always a danger with opening any of these apps that your the the algorithm is is agenda based. Um, you're being uh, you you're being conditioned to stay on the platform. That's what the platform wants and needs to survive. And that's why I think that in these times it's important to have phone conversations with people in your life who you can discuss these things with, because that's all we're doing. You know, you mentioned Viktor Frankl's book, man's search for meaning. What what we're doing when we go on there is we're subconsciously looking for answers to our concerns or we're looking for validation. Um, Either way, we're, we're going to come out of that probably worse off. Um, So having, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So having phone calls with, with, uh, with others is a very protected and safe way to air your views which is a lot of the time what people are doing on social media. They're just kind of getting stuff out to air their views, but also to have an intelligent conversation. You know what it's like sometimes when you say things out loud that you've been thinking for a while, you start thinking actually that's a load of nonsense and you sort of solved your yeah. own problem. Um, uh, those recently, uh, 100%. yeah, yeah. Or, or the other way you I'm start saying things <laughs> or, or it can work the other way. You know, when you start saying something and you go, actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense and you can get the feedback from the other person as well. And, uh, you know the old saying, Jim Ron. You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. I think that's important in this situation because if you could just start again and, and you could imagine, uh, you know, a cave where there was four other people in this cave um, or five other people in this cave, and you go, who, who do you want in there? Like, who, who's going to help you? Because at at our core, we have a human need to be in tribes. We have a, a human need. It's how we've survived throughout the entire time that we've been a human race. Um, and so we have to think about that from its core, from its tribal perspective, who are the people that you would like in your cave? I know it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but those are the people that you can work with to help overcome problems and create solutions. Mm-hmm. That's how it would have been years and years ago. I oh, said wow. something a couple of months ago, maybe not that long ago, actually, because it was coronavirus um, provoked. And it was how overinfluenced we are right now uh literally everyone has an opinion and we can be susceptible to that opinion and some come without credible source behind it um and i i mentioned how i mentioned two things actually i mentioned how social media i think has a responsibility to at some point almost stop um and turn the tap off and just let literally the only thing that you can do on Facebook, Instagram is consume content from the world health organization and the government. Right. <laughs> so, so there's no, there's no fucking posting back and forth. There's no one giving it large. It's just, look, if you want to use social media for good right now, give people the information that they need. Um, yeah. don't let dickheads and you know, dickheads or people trying to help, but maybe not doing it to the full capacity. And not, I not even include us in that because, you know, we're not scientists or politicians, but we, you know, we're trying to be helpful. But it's got to be one rule for everyone. And I think if that happens, then everyone would just be able to kind of know what was going on from one place. And that's the thing about it. This is the second part of what I was going to say. Never in our entire history have we been faced with a crisis, a pandemic or anything on a global level and been so connected in terms of information and and, and the overload of information that we have. Even if we go back 25 years, right, what would happen is we would turn the news on in the morning And we would be Mm -hmm. like, oh, God, look at the latest developments. We'd go and buy a paper and we'd be like, oh, God, have you seen the numbers? Oh, what are we going to do? But in the time between the next news bulletin, we would make sense of that information and we would be able Mm -hmm. to rationally cope with it. And then we would go to sleep and we'd wake up and we'd repeat the process. Now, granted, there probably were times in the last hundred years where the media and the BBC and the whoever have controlled that opinion. But I believe that to be far safer... And being mm-hmm. over influenced by everyone, and all those media companies actually competing with each other, and having to over dramatize and over hype the headline to survive, and to make sure they're earning money at our expense of confusion, disruption, and doubt. So, like, it's a funny old situation. And going back to you know, you said about the spiritual side. You mentioned Russell Brand. One thing that I always say to myself and I encourage my clients to do the same is whenever there's something going on that turns the needle either way, good or bad, always ask yourself from a point of self-awareness, what is the lesson here, right? What is the mm. lesson here? And I think that question is the question that we should be asking ourselves on a, on a macro level. What are we here to do now? What are we going to learn about what we're doing as you mentioned about planes and Premier League football and stuff, what's the real lesson that we have to learn here? Because all of the studies on viruses, diseases spreading, you know, and I've been digging around a little bit, as I'm sure you have, suggest that this virus is a problem, but it's not going to end mankind. Yeah. Um, do we ever want to get to a point where we can risk that happening? Because I'd rather learn from this and, and not have that. Um we we always used to we always used to, I know a lot of people that have joked and considered um apocalyptic humor um mm. in the past before this kind of stuff happened about you know how it's gonna go down and what's gonna happen and you know Donald Trump and Bohr and all that stuff, but yeah. this has just fucking happened. This has just yeah. absolutely yeah. just come out and happened, right? Um and there's got to be a lesson in there for all of us. And uh, I, I just honestly hope that we can learn it before there's too much pain.
1: That's a, that's a good comment. It's like a, a couple of things I was, I was bouncing in my head then listening to you. One, one is about you know, the amount of, of information that we're getting these days to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Over here, we've got Weibo, WeChat. The amount of people that you're in contact with, it is a constant stream of stimulus, and 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 it's hard to sort through the white noise. And 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 it, and I was thinking of an interview that I saw on TV. It was, it was Denzel Washington. It was the Oscars or the Academy Awards or something. And 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 I can't remember the question that the interviewer asked him, but then he sort of turned the tables about, you know, okay, what's going on with you journalists? Because you, you you don't even want to be truthful anymore. It's not about who's got the the truth and telling the right story. You just got to be first you just got to get something out there as quick as possible and and go through someone's bins and drag someone down and and cancel this guy because he said the wrong thing. And obviously he put it in a, in a much more eloquent way, but it was, it was a great couple of sentences that really hit home that we get bombarded with all this information because the the newspapers are competing, media's competing, it's clickbait. We've got to be there first. And, And that's what I'm struggling with. You know, you'll, you'll read this article, you know, uh, something like the, the, society is 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 staggered at megan markle's latest comment and then you read the article and it's nothing and it's ridiculous and it's like what's that all about and yeah. and and the second thing off the back of that is that we're living in it's 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 a blessing and a curse because no doubt we are living in the best time ever to live in the world in the history of humankind we've got the most opportunity we've got you can do so many things we've got the most amount of knowledge we've ever had them you know it's the internet man i mean I want to know who sung too shy, hush, hush, eye to eye. I can find out straight away. I mean, it's stupid stuff like that. Or I can find out, you know, what happened in the Holocaust or what happened with the Spanish flu. And I can do history and culture. I mean, everything's at my fingertips and it's a glorious time. And I can really use that to further myself and the people around me. So it is that blessing and that curse that we've got all this great information in front of us that we could use, you know, However, humans—we're not using it for that reason. We're—we're we're saying I'm offended that someone said something, and I want them to lose their job. I can't believe that the royal family don't want to be royals anymore, and Meghan Markle's this, and and I want her to be pushed out of the royal family. You know, I I want uh, Joe Brand, the comedian, to be put in jail because she made a joke about throwing acid on someone, I and mean, it's it's just bringing out all this nastiness. And and I sort of think that when you talk about the lesson, and 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 you know I don't claim to know the answer to this but but when I was listening to that latest uh, chat with with Russell Brand his whole thing was about human connection and and now more than ever it's it's exactly what you said it's it's get off twitter get off instagram get off facebook do a skype call with a friend a family member if if they're not around you face to face you know this what me and you are doing now is so much value hopefully to other people, but to me and you. like I just felt good knowing I'm going to jump on here and see your face and yeah, hear your yeah. voice. And and almost every day I talk to, to my best friend Phil Anderson in, in Australia and and I bounce ideas off him. I complain to him. I ask for job advice. I ask for relationship advice. We talk about the rugby. I mean, you, I have to have that connection and I always feel better after that chat. So I, so I feel like although we're all getting isolated and pushed around into these little corners of our world that we can't, connect face to face we live in the best time in the world we can you can face time on your phone i can talk to my brother now i can talk to my mum, my dad on this phone and years ago that wasn't possible so i think when we look at coming out the other side of this thing and we will perhaps we will be a little bit kinder to each other we will be more connected more engaged more supportive of each other you know more positive um and in this time of, of of isolation you know i chose to all right I I learned guitar. I learned how to do headstands. I started reading the Frankel book again. I I watched some good movies. You know, I tidied my apartment about six times and I sorted through all my old clothes and I gave a load of stuff to charity. You know, I I just did things and I thought in 14 days, I just want to be a better human or do I want to sit here and eat chips and watch Netflix, you know, because I could easily do that and then just piss and moan and be miserable in the end of it. So what I decided to do was go, well, how do I make the best of this? This is the hand I'm dealt. Yep. You know, this this is the art of stoicism. I can't choose my situation. I choose how I react to it. And if this is my life for two weeks, how do I make the best of it? What's the best possible outcome? I stretch more. I meditate. I write a gratitude diary. I do three three things that I'm happy for every day. I've actually spoken more to my mum and my dad and my brother and my sister in these two weeks than I would have in in the last year or two. Because normally it's just every event, you know. It's my birthday, we chat. It's Christmas, we chat. Something happens in my life, we chat. But we've just been shooting the shit, talking about movies and the coronavirus and and talking about old country and Western songs. And and, and unfortunately, my dad's really poorly at the moment. So that's, that's another level of connection that I've sort of layered in. But I actually feel closer to my family now, you know, being further away because I've been thinking about them more. I've not been selfishly thinking about Am I happy? Am I not happy? How's my job going? What's my relationship like? My focus has been at people around me and how can I help them? Um, and there's that great line on on Afterlife with Ricky Gervais where they're sat on the they're sat on the park bench, him and the woman, and she says, "That's the great thing about happiness. It doesn't matter if it's yours or not, you know." And and that's and and, and I'll remember that to the day I die. I think that's one of the greatest lines that he's written, and he's written a shitload of great lines. <laughs> but it is, you know happiness it's it doesn't matter if it's yours or not and if you give it to someone else win-win yeah. so that that's where the technology and, and the internet and and instagram facebook skype and all that we can be really grateful we've got those tools especially at a time like this when we have to be distanced from people yeah. but it doesn't you can't be connected and engaged you just got to think a little bit more you've got to be a bit more creative actively be a bit more positive and and, and just bloody make an effort you know just, yeah. just be a decent human and make an
0: effort That's yeah. great, great words, mate. Thank you for sharing those and you know i guess if if anything, people are going to perhaps not take things for granted quite as much mm. yeah uh, it gives no, I've, people I've, forced perspective and it is unfortunate
1: i mean you you know you know more and more than than, than most that it's uh it often takes crises. <laughs> For people to come out the other side and, and actually end up being in a stronger place through navigating those seas of adversity and, and that's and that is life it always will be life life will always throw some shitty curveballs at you at various degrees of, of sadness and, and and heartbreak you know that's relative to each individual but, but without fail some some of the people that that i feel are the nicest human beings really empathetic and kind and considerate and and that really listen to you and you find out their story and they've been through some really bad times, you know, and, and, they've come out the other side in, in this, this really, I guess, stronger place. And then I, and I kind of hope that something like what's going on now will help more people to be in that place when they come out the other side of, Hey, look, it was, it was pretty dark times for a couple of months there. Obviously we've got the health risks of catching the virus and people being susceptible to, you know, to dying from it. But here with me, with my team, I've, I've got, for example, I've got 76 on my training team. Most of them teach full-time group fitness for a living. So for the last six weeks, they've earned zero money, but they still have to pay their rent and pay pay their bills and buy some food. And and, and I worry what's going to happen to these guys because the gyms aren't open. They're not definitely not going to open for another four or five weeks. Wow. And they rely on that to make a living so all of a sudden we've got a place of well if you haven't got a few grand in the bank mm. you're really stressing and if you haven't got family you can fall back on or or, or a side gig or or you know an, an online business or something that you've been working on which let's face it most people in the fitness industry wouldn't have um they're living pretty much paycheck to paycheck you know the last few days of the month you're going "Oh no, i've got no money but i'm getting paid in a couple of days and so you know you're happy that that's not happening mate so you know i'm 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 trying to stay engaged with these guys every single day and offer what support I can. I, I don't have the answers, but, but what I do know is the what the bigger stress isn't, you know, catching the coronavirus and the health implications of that, because generally most of these people are fit and healthy. Their worry is how am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to pay my rent? If the gym doesn't open up for another three months, do I need to look for another job? Am I do I need to change careers? Is that me done? Um, and that's really unnerving and, and like you said we've never had that you know our, our generation hasn't ha- you know we've had nine eleven, and we've had Ebola and SARS and we've had things and tornadoes and and stuff and, and and luckily I haven't been personally affected by those but I know people around me that have but but this one is this is the big one this is the global you know and, and this is something that it's it's really challenging you know people's metal you know being able to deal with it and and, and, and i and i know that we're gonna have to get very i think you you mentioned it in, in one of the, your latest posts about force disruption you know here, here it is we've got it this force disruption so what do we do right we have to think outside the box get creative find solutions and that's what humans are great at it yeah. just that's a big bag of shit balls that we have, yeah. to have a shit situation to get there you know <laughs> yeah i mean you don't have to have that adversity if we could just create really well but you know you're you're forced into it. And, yeah. and for us in the fitness industry, this digital space, it's, it's going to be the future. You know, this online webinars and seminars and, and workouts from home and and digital on demand on your phone. You know, we, we got to believe it that the, the face-to-face part of our industry is, is, you know, it's either fading away quickly or slowly or other things are becoming more relevant to this younger generation that's coming through. So we're being forced, you know, to move into that space quicker than maybe we'd like to but it's here so we have to <laughs>
0: you know yeah yeah i mean there's a couple of things from what you said first of all when you were there in isolation i really admire the the strategy that you implemented on learning and and growth mindset uh, i think that's really key um for anyone that's listening to this that happens to be my last episode actually was five things that you could do in in self-isolation mm-hmm. uh, i recorded that a couple of weeks ago and now it's become very real um yeah. People are going yeah. to come in, into isolation here in the UK. So you know, I, I think that's another great way to engage the brain of what you could do um, at home. And here's a here's a curious thing. So you, you know, you mentioned um, creativity. The forced disruption, forced um, disruption, is a pattern interrupt. Stops mm. us in our tracks. All the cadence of normal life has disappeared. Like someone's just thrown a glass of water over your face. You are absolutely like stopped. You've stopped your pattern. And in the moment of pattern interrupt, we are most able for change because Mm -hmm. our automatic unconscious loops and patterns have been stopped and we are most susceptible to do something differently. Now, in that moment, if we're filling our head full of fear and scarcity and all this, then we're going to act like that. And that's going to be our new normal. But if we are looking at optimism and we're looking at creativity, then that's going to become our new normal, our new cadence, if you like. Yeah. Now, Here's a cool thing. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but it's, you know, it's floating about on various memes at the moment. But um, I'm a, I, I actually, is it weird to say I'm a big fan of Isaac Newton? Um, I've got <laughs> like... Your name, James. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned him in my book, actually. I said, you know, I mean, this is so relevant now. I actually quoted mm-hmm. it and said, imagine if Isaac Newton had Google. Um, how much he would have achieved with his mind, right? Um, all the things... the opposite he, effect. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, it would have been like polluting all the, the agendas. <laughs> <on. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, the point being that people have created such amazing twists and turns in our human history um, without the resources that we have on our hands, right? Um, but the point of bringing him up was that it's uh, flowing around at the moment that whilst in retreat from the bubonic plague Isaac Newton retreated to this little house in, in, in England somewhere um, I forget where it was but it definitely was in England and mm-hmm. it was there that he sat under a tree one day and the apple fell down and he yeah. was doing a lot of his work on gravity and stuff like that and, and if it wasn't for forced disruption him going into retreat and the bubonic plague and everything his mind would not have been acting and thinking on that level. So it's amazing what we can do when we are forced to stop the patterns that we're in every day. And even when you said about talking to your mum and dad and the deeper connection you've got with them, that's the same thing. It's stopping the normal cadence and then thinking about how you'd like it to be. Um, We can get very, very creative in these times. And once Mm -hmm. we weather the storm, there will hopefully be a better way of doing things. That, you know, many different, uh, more improved ways of doing things as a result yeah. of minds being put to work. I hope that happens. I've, I've read something
1: recently, and it's annoying that I didn't think to look it up before we chatted because that Isaac Newton story, someone had listed five or six other examples of people that were in these times, and it's it's like a really famous work of art. It's a really famous painting, a, a song. It might even be, you know, it's, it could have been you know, a, a Beethoven composition or something, but but they'd researched and they'd listed five, six, seven, eight of these things that were, were great masterpieces that we all know nowadays and love. And when he trekked in the backstory, it was in self-isolation. It was during the Spanish flu or the bubonic plague or when they were in jail or, you know, there was a whole bunch of exactly what you said, this forced disruption where the natural cadence was changed and boom, they just had this creative space. And, and that's where it's dangerous because, like I touched on earlier, 14 days at home, like there's times in my life when that 14 days at home would have just been drinking quite a lot, watching shit on, net, on TV, not Netflix, because it wasn't around then, but, but just surfing through the aimlessly surfing through the TV channels, looking, watching absolute crap just to turn the next channel and the next channel to find something when really I should just be getting up and going for a walk or reading a book or even just going to bed. I could easily have wasted that time away and then it would have come to the end of those two weeks and I would have been a worse human being. And, and I know I would have gone down a path if that was the case. But, but fortunately, where I'm at now is, is I saw it as an opportunity. And, and I thought, I've got some more time on my hands. So let's do all these little things that I wanted to get done. And, and, and the rhythm and the cadence, you know, absolutely. I might go, my mum might phone me on a Friday and I'll go, oh, I missed the call because I was working. She, I should phone mum back. Okay, I'll do it Saturday. I'll get busy on Saturday. Then it's Sunday. I'm getting ready for, for work. on my, I'll, I'll do it Monday. And it could be three days before I get back. And I always will. Of course, it's, it's my mum. But you've just got that little bit of an attitude of, I can do it tomorrow. you know. And, and, and sometimes tomorrow doesn't come, as we know. Um, and what, what's happened here is that there hasn't been a, a catastrophe and that a tomorrow hasn't come for me or my family. What's happened is, is I just felt the need to reach out and, and support them more. And, and and just shoot the breeze like i would a best friend you know it doesn't have to be about a big event just shoot the breeze and they start shooting the breeze back and we've got this facebook group now where we all post random pictures and and, and my brother's daughter tyra they're both going to the gym together now so they posted a selfie of them two on the treadmill down at honington sports center you know and obviously fitness is my life and i love it but my brother hasn't been into fitness as like i have um you know he's 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 a bricklayer builder and he's he's awesome at that he's he's a manual laborer and he's he's gifted at what he does he wasn't into the gym like I was and playing football and and and, and, and then Tyra's the same you know she's 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 not super athletic and fit but she wanted to get a bit healthier and and they've just started to go to the gym you know and and it's an amazing thing and I'm part of that journey because I'm seeing it on my feed each and every day whereas what would have happened before is it could have been three weeks before I chatted to him and he would have said oh yeah by the way yeah we're going to the gym it's pretty cool oh okay Mm -hmm. cool yeah that's good and we've missed the opportunity because the moment's gone because I wasn't there at the moment. Um, and that's where for, I guess, for anyone listening now that's sort of thinking, what can I take away from this, this little last five minutes of rambling? It is that if, if you're put into a self-isolation place, that's given to you. you. You can't choose that. So, okay, what you do is you choose how you deal with it. And absolutely, you've got the tools to make that as best as you possibly can for you and come out the other side with a new skill, starting to learn a new language, a different outlook on life, taking up painting, breathing techniques, meditation, playing an instrument, um, writing a gratitude journey, writing a diary, starting to write a book. I mean, Mm. you can do whatever the hell you want, if you want. And and my question would be, if people aren't doing that, why? What's stopping you? Mm. Because nothing's stopping you. You've got absolutely everything at the palm of your hand that you could need, and we're living in the best possible time there is. Yeah, the coronavirus is is a shitty situation and people dying from it is an awful situation. This, this is life. You know, there is, there is end to life for some people and then some people live longer and move on. And we've just got to, if, we, if we've got the opportunity and we're lucky enough to have another day and another day and another day on the planet, it's, it's almost like I get a little bit angry at people that, that aren't gracious enough to do something good with that. You know, because there's plenty of other people that should be around that aren't, and it kind of it kind of mm. does fire me up sometimes for me to get a bit more energetic and for me to not sit around and do nothing because I feel like I don't deserve that. You know, who am I to waste uh, a whole another day on doing nothing when I could contribute and just say something nice to one other person or post something on Facebook that makes someone smile. You know, or, or, or send a postcard to my mum or whatever it might be. Yep, and everyone's got that in them. I. I 100 percent believe that humans are inherently good you know and they want to connect they want to engage they want to be heard listened and valued and but they, they when the chips are down people will support each other and help each other but people get scared people get into the scaremongering they, they they attack others as a self-defense mechanism it's easy to be nasty on twitter and facebook and just say something in the heat of the moment and you know but pause reflects and, and and that's what's this thing's doing now it's, it's i like what you said it's it's changing the cadence mm-hmm. of how we've been living life and and really we've been very or not very but quite selfish quite consumerish quite sensationalist we're caught up in all the stuff that isn't really that important what life's teaching us now is let's go back to basics of what really is important um and what you touched on about the five people in a cave actually the Russell Brand was saying a similar thing that you know years ago you, you lived in your town seventy five people mm-hmm. and that's the only people you knew your seventy five people yeah. you didn't know people in America you didn't fly to Germany you know you didn't have the internet it was your seventy five and you all looked after each other if next door needed a cup of sugar you gave him a cup of sugar yeah. if the bloke down the road his car didn't start you lent him your car you know yeah,
0: yeah. we don't do that anymore no. <laughs> no, you're right and interestingly you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs I I do think that we've got the self-actualization stage extremely wrong (laughs) yeah and and that's perhaps what we have to relearn and maybe we need to be able to reach the bottom of the pyramid again uh to go through the stages of security social um esteem uh to eventually get back to that that self-actualization and 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 reconfigure what it means to self-actualize which at the moment is being verified on instagram Yeah. You know, it's how do I get there? That's my goal. You know, I want to, and, and, and all the connotations that come with that. And obviously that's a tongue in cheek statement, but it's about self. Now, self-actualization is not really about self. It's about not, well, it is, it's about knowing who you are in your soul and being able to portray that through your human vessel of your body and your mind. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe self-actualization to be, but rarely would i class this and by the way this is going down a bit of a rabbit hole here on a spiritual level but i don't think that any of our souls have a purpose to be the most popular soul in the world no no, no, definitely not um so the self-actualization part of of the maslow's hierarchy of needs i just think so many of us have failed at that and maybe that's because it is such a great and we can um I'll share a uh, a diagram of this of this Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but it really is quite relevant right now we're being taken right down to the base level which is security yeah at the moment there's a there's so much fear involved that people are acting on that fear and really what happens at that base level is people pull together to stay safe as mm-hmm. we're supposed to as human beings so I'm hoping that these conversations you know being able to lead in these times will help people to do the same and stack the odds in the favor of survival together mm-hmm. um, rather than uh, chaos. Um, you, so you mentioned leadership a couple of times. We've talked about it a little bit here. People might not, might not know this, and it would be definitely something that we would have talked about more had we not had the coronavirus in, in our sites. Our relationship, um, mm-hmm. you are kind of the only boss i've ever had i suppose <laughs> you've you you know? been self-employed ever since <laughs> yeah yeah was like you experience, was the experience that bad <laughs> <laughs> well you could say it was that good um, yeah, no, and I, I i just like a lot of people might be listening to this maybe they know who you are um from the les mills world
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think it was actually i think i shared it on ricky's podcast the other day ricky longs because i know you were against it yeah, yeah. I've recently done a bit with him as well. Yeah. And I actually don't know if you heard it or not, but I said that it's important to take Les Mills out of the, out of the sentence when we talk about Matt Fraxton, because I, I think I said like, I said that you were like, um, I think it was saying, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass here, but um, <laughs> you deserve to know that, um, that you're an incredible human being, not just a incredible Les Mills person. Thank you. You know,
1: because I, struggle. I, I do struggle with that. And I know, I know, you know, I do. And we've had a co- few conversations before about, you know, your, your, your identity and, and yeah. the fact that you know, I, I had to be so obsessed in the early days with my Lesmos career because I wanted to be successful. And it was everything I did and everything I said and done. And I lived it and breathed it. And, and, and then as life goes on, you kind of realize that to be a, a well-rounded human and to have some balance in your life, you know, your identity can't just be your job. You know, there's there's other things that you got to bring into that. You know, if uh, if Les Mills exploded tomorrow and wasn't here, you know, who is Matt Thraxton? What am I doing? What's my value? And um, I guess along the way, what I found was, you know, I was and I, and I and I love the stuff I do with Les Mills. That's the biggest vehicle that I've got at the moment to do what I'm passionate about doing. So I've been very fortunate. You know, but I am aware, and I'm trying to find ways of of making sure I've got value that's in and around people that might not know about the Les Mills world and and and, and I appreciate you saying that because I because I do feel like the best of of my identity is through my Les Mills work and, and I love that I've got that platform is that something that's holding me back or pigeonholing me or, or making me feel that if I'm not doing a Les Mills thing that I haven't got value somewhere else um that and I do struggle with that so I'm not I'm not there yet you know I, I'm not I'm not a balanced human in that way. And my life is still 90% Les Mills. And, and, and I always get told that I work too much and, you know, and I need to find that balance. But to actually hear you say that is, is you know, I appreciate that. And, and yeah. I haven't listened to the Ricky podcast with you, but I
0: absolutely, obviously I will do. But um, yeah, no, that's, that's a nice touch, man. Thank you. There's so many people that have benefited from your guidance and your leadership along the years. And they might only see that and credit you for helping them with their body pump or helping them with, with something less related. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so much deeper than that. And there's, there's times I know I've told you this before, because you come to the UK, we always look to meet up and have lunch and, yeah. and whatever yeah. train together and stuff. But, uh, and I've said this to you before, but I'll say it again. There are things that I always think about even now when I'm thinking about how I speak to my people about ways that you used to speak to me and the other people that were there, When I was under your uh, leadership back then um, and how, you know, there's one thing that we both have in common, but I think it was only planted in my head from the way that you dealt with me, which was the thrill of giving someone a chance. Mm. When you give someone a chance and they step up, to me, there's no better feeling than that because yeah. without you opening the door there was no opportunity there and you know my, my opportunity I was scared when I heard that there was a new group fitness manager coming and they were coming from the UK I was like oh god I
1: remember you I remember you telling me because because um, yeah. there was a girl Zoe that was working at the gym and, and, she, right. and I remember from Taunton we—we yeah. we, she was a teacher at the same club as me and yeah and I remember you know it was kind of like oh, this guy's going to come over and, and yeah. give his mate Zoe glasses and I'm out the window because
0: I'm... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> thought that there was going to be, you know, potentially this thing or whatever and it would disturb my progress somehow. But, um, but the, the reality of the situation was that I was a, a risk, I suppose. I was young and didn't have necessarily the right uh, paperwork to do the thing that I really wanted to do. And I actually started doing it without that paperwork and got in a little bit of trouble. Um, but... You and others believed in me and gave me a chance, which then I stepped up to and and did whatever and and every time I was given the opportunity by you and you know I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, it wouldn't have been the easy option from whispers of other people saying, "You know why is this the young lad doing this? Why haven't you given it to that person or that person and um but you always Believed in me. And I think that's what I'm trying to say is that that's something that I learned from you by feeling that from you. I now do my best to do that with other people. And it always lasts longer than the professional relationship, which yeah. is why it's not about the confinement of the company that you work for. It's about love, really. That's what it's mm-hmm. about, isn't it? So uh, I just wanted to give you that bit of airtime there as well. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I think I get, it's funny because it's that whole thing again,
1: like I talked earlier about often people that have been through a, you know, navigated some real stressful season in their life come out the other side and they've and they're just this amazing human for it. And and I feel like me and any time I've had someone give me some good some good feedback or or they've said a thank you and the reason why or, or how I've helped them, anything that's come back towards me that, that's touched me, it, it always feels like it's off the back of the experience that I've had that's either been good or bad before in my life. So, so what I'm giving is the value. So, so with you, for example, it was two things were going to happen. We've got this young, enthusiastic guy that's passionate and, and I like his attitude. I like his work ethic and I think he's exciting and there's a future there. So two choices, either I give him a chance or I don't. So if I don't give you a chance, that's the door shut and that's pretty shitty for you. And I might've missed out on a great chance of helping you be awesome. And in turn, me being a good manager or a good leader because one of my proteges has become a superstar and I help them. So it's kind of like a win-win in a way. Or do I give you a chance and you're not very good and then I just deal with that? So the two the, the two things that pop up there is, is what's worse, not giving you a chance and me having to look in the se- at myself in the mirror and go, have I done the right thing there by blocking this guy out because of whatever stupid reason I tell myself? And is that being honest and, and, integ- and is that integrity for me Or do I roll the dice and take the chance? And if it doesn't work out, well, we just have some experience and we've both learned something. And and I think what's happened in previous times with me is I might have not been given the chance myself. And I know how that feels and how I reacted to that leader and how the relationship broke down. And it was a lose, lose. And I don't want to be that guy. You mentioned the word love. and, And I talk about that a lot with, with my team and, and, and it is, I'm so against that old school bullying mentality of, you've got to walk over hot coals to prove yourself. You need to do three years of service. You need to prove to me that you're worthy. No, what you do is you give people a chance to be amazing. And and I've never had someone not be amazing. Like I haven't had, I've given someone a chance and they've let me down or I've given someone a chance and they've failed. That that just hasn't happened. So they, whenever you whenever you believe someone can achieve something, it feels to me like that belief, they take it and do it. Whether they wing it or whether they had it anyway or whether they learned it along the way, it just always seems to work. And it's, and it's that thing that, you know, I think it's that, that Zig Ziglar quote, isn't it? That, that people will go further than they think they can if someone else believes that they can. Um, and, and for me, it was, it, was, it was absolutely black and white. Do I want to be the guy that took a chance on someone or do I want to be the guy that shut the lid? You know, and I've had the lid shut on me and I know how that feels, and I don't want to be that guy. And, and quite often, in, in in my leadership role, I'm I'm doing the exact opposite of how I had people lead me mm-hmm. because of how it made me feel. And when I look at the the people that that I I guess flourished with the most, you know, I, I, I wrote an article recently for for um, for Tribe Talk, the Instructor Magazine, and I talked about my time at New Lynn, um, and and then Jonah, one of the instructors, his dad Oni coming to class, and, and Rebecca, and this whole community thing. And, and I touched on Jackie Griffin. I just put her, a little line in there about Jackie Griffin, you know, and her being proud. And 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 I've absolutely got the same feeling that you have. The things that you said there about, you know, how, how that you were thankful that you got the opportunity, and and it goes beyond the workplace. And we've stayed close, you know, all these years. It's the same with me and Jackie. Like I, the the way she managed me was pure love, pure support. Give me a chance, you know. Always be optimistic. Always be positive. And and I and I try to be that person. I. I you know, I, I don't. My, my job's not to hold people back. My job's to create opportunities for other people and see the potential. And um, and I recently just sent a, a, a TED talk to um, to my team by a guy called Benjamin Zander, um, and he does a TED talk about the power of classical music. And, and, and I'll flick you the link. It's an amazing talk. So it, it is based around classical music, but there's a bit more to it. He's just so passionate about music, and he and he tells the story about how this song is this this piece is constructed. And he's got some great humor, but ultimately the story at the end is about how he is about creating opportunity for other people and seeing the potential. And the only way he knows if he's doing that or not is if people's eyes are shining. And if he's looking around the room and people's eyes are sparkling, he's doing a good thing. And then he said, the offshoot of that is if they're not, who are you being to stop those people shining and sparkling? And he said, for example, children, so so for you, you know, for, um, Lincoln Marcy, you know, if they're not looking at you with shiny eyes, what are you doing to stop that? Why are you getting in the way? Who are you being to prevent that happening? Because your job is to make those two sparkle. Your job's to make your wife sparkle, your job's to make your staff sparkle, you know, to see that. And and that's kind of like where I see my role and, and I, I, you know, I'm not not saying I'm amazing at it and I don't think I'm, you know, you know, I'm not a, I, I can't preach anything. I've made more mistakes than the next person what I try to do is always make sure that I come from a place of love, that it's honest and, and it's real integrity. And I try and just support and build people up. And And I just feel people operate their best when they've got a leader in that space, not a, not a autocratic, you know, not a, um, what's that? Is it autocratic? Is that the right word? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Not an autocratic leader like, like that. And, and not that old school hardcore bully of you just do what I do. Cause I'm in charge, you know, it's, um, yeah. And, and I guess it brought, you know, to, to give the old family a shout out, it boils down to having a bloody good mum and dad. You know, I've been very lucky that, you know, lucky that we didn't have a lot of money. We were very poor when we were younger, so we had to love each other and support each other and come together. And, and they did everything they can to make sure that I was, you know, polite and, and nice and, and helped people around me. And I think it's, it's, it's reciprocity, isn't it? You know, you, you touched on, there's a couple of things I might've said that helped you along your way and you find yourself saying that to your staff and, and your family and, and they'll say it to people they speak with. And it's that ripple effect that goes on. And it could have just been one sentence, but it made a massive difference to that person. And they then went on and made a massive difference to five, six other people. Um, and, and in this article that I wrote, I, you know, I, I touched on that butterfly effect yeah, and, and how, you know, perhaps we don't really take a moment to acknowledge how little things day to day that we might do could have such a huge positive impact on other people. And and now more than ever with this coronavirus situation, you know, it's, it's, this is when leaders need to step up and you don't need to be a boss. You don't need to be a manager. You, you just need to show the way, shine some light on other people, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's two things I want to sort of finish on here. Um, one is a lot of what you've been saying has been close to the the, the most important thing, I think, for, from my point of view anyway, for all of us is legacy, which, mm-hmm. as you know, is something that I talk about, and my TEDx talk was on legacy, and it's actually called Legacy, The Clock is Ticking, which is super relevant now because it's all about how important our three Ws are, our words, our work, and our reasons why, and that leads on to the second part that I want to... Say today, which is that we're under pressure at the moment, but who we are under pressure is who we are. We can choose to be however and whoever we want to be under pressure. And in various times in our life, we've been under pressure. And the thing that really kind of made it sink home for me in terms of how much you cared about me was after I'd came home from New Zealand and wasn't necessarily your responsibility anymore, so to speak. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, those, those guys and girls that, that have followed me for a while will understand that shortly after I came back from New Zealand, my little brother passed away suddenly, which was a big life-changing event and um, pressure. It was pressure for me, but it was also pressure for everybody who knew me because it's not easy to deal with that. You know, it's not easy to know what to say or how to approach those Mm -hmm. situations. And I remember it was like possibly two or three days after. And um, my house phone rang and it was you. (laughs) We're so old school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I just remember it was probably like a seven or eight minute chat. But
1: fuck, like I can remember exactly where I was because I because I yeah, I, I made that call from just just behind actually the the. The the Lesnar's gym, yeah, yeah, no, I can remember, yeah. it. and I was nervous as hell. Yeah, I, I didn't know if I was going to completely cock it up or make things worse, and, and 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 I don't mind admitting, I was I was shit scared to talk to you. I I just knew that I had to, you know, it, yeah. and it, it wasn't about me. It was I had to talk to you, but um, I had no idea what I was going to say, and I had no idea if I was going to make things better or worse. I just, yeah,
0: I, I can remember that vividly. That was a that was a real. Yeah. yeah, it was a tough time, mate. Yeah. Was- it was, it was the, it was the point for me that elevated my opinion and relationship with you, I suppose, to a untouchable. I think that's possible for for people to do that via their actions, uh, via what they do. And the reason I bring that up, mate, is also to suggest to people listening now that these are times where that call is important because. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. We never do. But what we do know is there's a fucking virus floating about, which is affecting everyone. So yeah. if there was ever a time to express your words, your work and your why, it's now not to hold back at all, to reach out yeah. to people and make contact with those that you haven't spoken to or that you know that you owe some some kind of we know we we have that feeling because it's connected to guilt and regret And if we don't act on that we'll always we'll always harbor that yeah. and what you've talked about today about organically being in touch with your family and stuff because it's not about trying hard at it it's just about organically spending the time and being present and sharing the energy in the places where it's most important Right now is the time to be doing that, I think, because um, not only do people require it, but it helps spread that love around, which is what we need really if we're to counter the amount of fear that's there. It's the only way to put that fire out is to just hit it with love. Um, and I don't want to go too mushy on the, on the podcast, but I think it's a time to do that right now. I think people should take a deep breath and just um, think about who they can, who they can connect with. You, you, you see it
1: a lot, and, and again, it's that cadence thing that you know. I'll, I'll open up Instagram, and there'll be heaps of motivational quotes, and, and people have memes, and it's and it's and it's all inspiring stuff, and absolutely the words ring true. And 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 I could scroll through now and find fifty of them that are amazing. And but what seems to happen is that just becomes the norm, and and people aren't actually living that life. They're just liking that meme or sending it to a friend, and it's you know. And 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 it's it's just so prevalent in today's society and it's just always there. And then all these self-help books and all this personal development. And we're we're kind of awash with all this stuff. But are we actually living it? You know, and I, are we actually doing it day to day, you know, and, and and like say living your three W's or 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 living your values. And um and I think that's that's kind of what, what's rung true with me is is that I've I've distanced myself from a lot of that. You know, and, and, and I love personal development and, and, and I love motivational speakers and, and I love going on TED and, and seeing these guys and, and, you know speak and, and, and get inspired. But that's all pointless if it doesn't actually change my action. You know, if, I, if I'm just happy for two minutes and, and, I, and I think it's interesting or if I just hit like, if it hasn't caused any change in my behavior, I may as well have not seen it. You know, there's no outcome. And, and I think that's where this coronavirus situation is, is a bit of a, you know, a, a a game changer because I'm hoping, you know, that more people feel the way I've started to feel in that it's, it's got to be about your actions, you know, and you have to actually do the thing, pick up the phone, send the text, write the post on Facebook, you know, write down on paper, how you feel. If, if, if you want to be negative, put it on a sheet of a four, get it all off your chest and then go, right. Do I still want to put this in public? Actually? No, I don't. I feel better that I just jotted it down. And, and it is that action. And, and I mean, and, and i know you talked about it in your ted talk and 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 it was a, it was an excellent ted talk I, I really enjoyed it i think for me because i'd seen your facebook post it was quite a while before that one where you were sat and it was that very raw emotional one i think you were by the water san diego the first, yeah you first time you posted it and and i mean obviously i i i was with you you know in and around the journey at the start but not close close because, you know, obviously we're in different countries and then we've kind of had this friendship where we, we check in every now and then, but not day to day or week to week. But um, I can remember when that, when that came out, it, made, it, it seriously broke my heart and I just thought, wow, that's I, – I, need, I needed to – you know, I, in a selfish way, I needed to see that. I needed to hear you share that and I needed it to be as raw as it was. And I, I, and I was just I – I almost felt like I was just in the stands going, Yes! Yes, that's exactly what I needed to see, and that's exactly what I wanted you to do. And 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 I think that's a big defining moment for me. That I thought, who am I to sit on my ass and do nothing? Like, how dare I not take advantage of every opportunity I've got? And how dare I not try and help as many other people as possible? And and then you know, with your TED talk, it is about legacy, and 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 like you say, and and has that shifted the needle? Like, you know, it, is it is it this coronavirus thing that's finally going to be the thing that does shift the needle? And make people understand what's really, really important. You know, hopefully it will be, and hopefully it will be before it gets too bad, and we don't have to live through you know something that's too, too, you know, too, too heartbreaking and destroys too many lives. But it's, it's, it's unprecedented. None, none of us, none of us can prepare for this. None of us have gone through it before. We're all learning as we go along, and it is bringing out the worst in some people, the best in others. And 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 I just I'm thankful that I know people like you. That if if I'm in a dark moment. I can jump on Facebook and see something you've posted, and it will lift me. And then, and I know for a fact, I'm then going to do something that lifts another ten people, and hopefully they'll share it and lift another ten people. And there isn't a choice, is there? That's what we have to keep doing. Yeah. And 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 that legacy thing is, you know, hopefully, you know. And I liked what you talked about with the, you know, the, the your life ending twice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know that it's you've got that period that after you go have you left something behind that's still got some relevance and people still talk about it and has value and meaning, you know, and, 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 that, that time period is, is huge for some people. You know, we look at Kobe Bryant and Kurt Cobain and, you know, the list is endless. Isaac Newton. Yeah. Isaac Newton. You're still talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even if just, you know, for, for me and mortals like us, you know, I, I, I'd, 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 I'd love it if in 50 years someone was talking to their grandchild and they just said, Oh man, I remember, I remember having a beer with Matt and he said this and that really resonated with me and I think wow like I'd love that to happen and and I'll never be around to see it or experience it but to know there's a chance that in two generations your name pops up and it brings a smile to someone's face you know I I think it's um it's it's that whole thing again about you know planting a tree in your back garden and you're not going to enjoy the shade from it but your grandchildren will but you're not going to be around to enjoy it, but you're doing it because you know the generation after you or the generation after you after that will enjoy the fruits of that labor, you know? Yeah. It's the, yeah. Right back to basics, man.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really good place to, to end it because it is very much about understanding what's most important to us and how we can help each other, which is our human basic essential, um, making sure that we understand that what we're going through has a lesson That we can pull together. We are designed to help each other survive. That is what we're designed to do. And we've done exceptionally well before when we've been tested. This test is our time to do our bit for our future generations, just like previous generations fought wars and overcame other uh, global challenges. This is ours and uh we have to do what we can i really appreciate the conversation today i think it's worth just making it known again to the listeners we didn't talk at all before this this was a case of when can i have a chat with you for the podcast you saying i'm really up for it let's go um and then us just jumping straight onto this and pressing record there was nothing planned it was just let's chat um well well, well, actually mate
1: um... your message was at five, was at my time, five o'clock this evening. Yeah. And I said, I can do nine o'clock tonight because I'm just finishing work and then I'm going to the gym. Okay, mate, let's make it 9.30. Yeah. So and then, then, I jump on at 9.30 and you're there and boom, we're straight into it.
0: Yeah. We we didn't even say hello. And that's genuinely, uh, I think sometimes the best way, but I think it's been uh, done.
1: You don't have time for that.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's been really good, mate. And um, hopefully, uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and you've enjoyed the conversation today, do reach out and let us know. Uh, Matt and I would love to to know that you've listened. Um, I'll say my handle is at Tommy Gentleman on Instagram and Twitter. And Matt, where can people get hold of you? So my Twitter is Thraxtonius. So
1: Thraxton being my last name and then just the IUS on the end to make it sound a little bit more rock star um, or, or just on Facebook. My name's Matthew Thraxton and I think Twitter is Thraxtonius. But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it's, if, if there's any way that, that, that I can help anyone out there, you know, in, in, in any shape or form, yeah, reach out. It's, it would be absolutely my pleasure to, you know, share some some insights or some experiences or thoughts or feelings or, you know or or whatever may come your way but same as you man it's that's that's what we're here for to help people and and we can't help you unless
0: we know what you want and unless you ask us you know yeah yeah too right thank you for being you and uh, (laughs) everything that you're doing i think it's really helpful and it's quite um comforting
1: oh thanks man hopefully we, we weren't too dark on the the serious part of life hopefully we still got some some light and love in there somewhere
0: yeah, uh, I think uh, well, your siri- your series just got off when you said that. I heard I hear her. that. I know. <laughs> she's, jump- she's jumping in on the conversation. Bloody gold, man! You can't write it. <laughs> and there's uh, there's our cue. So, Matt, thank you so much I've for being it, uh, being here on the run. podcast, mate. Been, it's been it's cool. great to see you. Great to chat to you. Um, Let's stay do it again safe. Soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep keep doing it, mate. It, it really does help. And um, and yeah, thanks for listening, mate, listener. We really appreciate you being here too. So, thank you very much. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah.